Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james, netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james this isn't your average business podcast and he's not your average host this is the james altucher show today on the james altucher show so as usual Brian Keating, physicist extraordinaire, and I were going to do a podcast about how the universe began. We have a whole series coming out on this show about all the different, you know, Brian almost won the Nobel Prize for this, so he's the expert to talk to, and it was fascinating. But as usual, we, we started talking about a business idea that we both independently have been researching. And so I am going to, I think this is a good idea. I'm going to start it. But it's the sort of idea that it doesn't matter how many people start this idea. You can all, I, I love sharing ideas. A, if you can do this better than me, power to you, go for it. But B, this is a huge universe. Just steal my idea. It, that's the whole purpose of sharing ideas. That's the whole purpose of having ideas. We're going to discuss this business idea. Feel free to steal it, take it, do whatever you want with it, change it, modify it, make it better enjoy and this is the pro also shows the process of uh just riffing on a new idea enjoy basically i'm taking all my podcasts and turning them into a book and we, we talked about that but I was thinking, you know, of something that you might be interested in. Like, why not do that for, like, all podcasts that have show notes? They can make a book. 
And you, yeah. like you, we could take all your past podcast episodes, turn it into, you know, an, a thousand, yeah, 800 page book or whatever. And then it's on Kindle. And then you could uh, even do audio excerpts from it, but not just do that, but make, in other words, the meta idea is the company, like you and I just go out and say, look, here's our company. We'll turn every one of your show notes into a Kindle audiobook and um, printed book on Amazon with your name as first author. So, okay, so let me let me play with your idea for a yeah, second. Yeah. We're just riffing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like I like the concept of the idea, but like take a podcast like mine that's had about 700 episodes. Mm-hmm. Rule of thumb is every minute is a page. So if yeah. I have an hour-long podcast that's 60 pages, let's say I've done 1,000 hours, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> 600,000 pages. Right, well, but, no, no. But the but the notes are much shorter. Your notes are like half a page on the internet with right. links to the author's books. Yeah, go on. Right. So 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 here's what I would do is that and many podcasts don't have show notes. Right. So what we could do is we can basically say to the podcaster, we'll make the show notes. Right. Now we won't make them specifically, but we would outsource to somebody who would make them, mm-hmm. and you know we would curate that. And then I think the way to approach a podcaster is to say, hey, we're not going to do one book out of all thousand of your episodes, but we'll curate and figure, okay, here's a book. Like for you, for instance, think like a Nobel Prize winner. That's six of your podcasts. That's a, um, you know, that itself is a three or 400 page book. And uh, we'll curate it. We'll do the auto engineering. We'll make the auto, the audio book. We'll make the textbook, uh, the Kindle, we'll upload it to Amazon, we'll be the publishing company, and we'll split 50-50 the revenues. Yes, yeah, and, and you'll think- be the first author, whoever, you know, Pat Flynn, you're first yeah. author. I mean, you know, even someone who's, who's really smart, like Eric Weinstein, his audio essays are such brilliant. I actually proposed this to Eric. I said, I want to just take all your 38 show notes, just the audio essays, forget about your guests, like he talks about racism, he talks about quantum mechanics, he talks about, and just turn it into a book. And I made an outline for him. He's just not taking action on it. But if we say, here's a turnkey system, you'll have a published book. Right, and he'll, it'll cost him nothing. nothing. There's no risk. And by the way, maybe there's, you know, you can start off with the first couple of people, they could kill it at the end. Yes. And so we take the risk, they, there's no kill fee. Later on, you could right. have a kill fee. Yep. But um, so, so we take the risk of putting in the work and, um, and it's also obviously easy to make a video trailer uh, for the book and and do other things. But, and again, I would curate according to content. Yeah. So like, for instance, for me, I have podcasts with 20 sports stars. Yeah, I have I podcasts with 20 comedians. You have the Nobel Prize winners. So we can, we can do some little front work curating. Here's the 10 books we think we could do for you. We'll call you in three months and all books will be finished. And, and you know, you could just say yes and we'll, we'll upload them and then you know, it all, all the money goes into the publishing company and then we, we, we yep. uh, divert it out, you know, split it up. Uh, we take the risk on the cost of the podcast notes yeah. and the audio engineering and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a great idea. No one's doing it. As far as I can tell, nobody's doing it. The people that are doing the advertising, we could partner with them. In other words, like we could make a totally turnkey service. We'll get you advertisers. We'll get you, you know, for for like a bunch of small podcasts. And here's a book that'll come from all your show notes if they exist. Or for the platinum service, we curate, like you're saying. Like some people, like you know, you used to do a lot more show notes than you do now. But like your back catalog has enough show, just pure show notes that that you know, for example, or or you know, Tim Ferriss or whatever, um, Pat Flynn. 
And just, here you go. I just interviewed Evan Carmichael, and it's just the same thing. It's like, you know, little tiny things. He's got billions of show notes. They have a, but, Anyone who has a mailing list, we could do it for. And, and actually, anybody who does, most people don't have show notes. Right. We can do those show notes. Exactly. And, and again, that's something that will cost money. We can outsource it, but there's plenty of people out there who do great show notes. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, I would do my, my show notes. But, uh, you know, someone like Eric, it's funny because- you know, he's a very busy guy and, and writing, as you know, takes time and effort. Yeah. You know, he pours his creative energy into his work and his podcast. So you can't be creative in yeah. every area of life and think like a billionaire yeah. completely came out of my podcast. I don't know the exact numbers cause I only published it through Scrib. That was part of the deal. And, but although now uh, my exclusivity with them is over, so I'm, I'm going to publish it on Amazon. But there's so many reasons to do a book, like oh, credibility. Yeah. Oh, and your point about the advertisers, we could have, you know, the front page of the book. You know, thanks for, you know, American Express, Microsoft, Casper Mattresses, Blue Chew, Pills, right. whatever, uh, for, for sponsoring the podcast in this book. Here's a, one paragraph about each one of them. So they could pay for yes. a lot of the underlying costs of the book if they're on that front page dedication page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they get advertising for it. So the the turnkey service is what I like about it. You know, and you could have different tiers, like for people that already have, like Eric's got a whole bunch of stuff written and then it's curating and editing his his kind of work. But then, yeah, some people, um, you know, I have a, edit, a writer who helps me with show notes, uh, but some don't have any, as you're saying. So you're, it's, it's multi-level. If you want show notes only, if you want show notes plus a Kindle book, plus a hardcover, plus an audio book, with excerpts. I mean, it could well, be really big. I just don't know how to like nuclear, I, you know. Okay. Well, well, let me see. Um, I just, uh, Jay and I were just looking at this, uh, funny enough for another podcast. We're doing it, it, the statistics on audiobooks because audiobook, like I make more money now on audiobooks yeah. from my past books. Mm -hmm. Each one of my checks each month from audiobooks, even from books like six, seven years ago, I get more money now from audiobooks than from any other category. Right. And I think the percentage of audiobooks read, um, it, it like doubles each year. Like I think it was 5% of all books consumed last mm -hmm. year, but it's like doubling yeah. each year. Um, and that's a huge amount. And then we can even find advertisers to be in the audiobooks. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, and they have all the, all the audio contents done. Now what's not done, like take Example of my podcast, I have a lot of hmms and haws. You know, even when we audio engineer, there's occasionally, you know, some stuff that doesn't mm -hmm. really need to be in an audio book. So we would do, you know, more detailed audio editing on the podcast yep. with the cooperation of the podcast. Where we might write like a intros, or they might want to write an intro and an outro for different chapters to to add to the 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 podcast that goes into the audio book. And then there's the other stuff, which is like cover design, interior design. Yep uploading to all the different platforms. You know, there, there's a lot of aspects. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects, doing a video trailer. There's a lot of aspects of making a, a book that, you know, doing the editing, uh, you know, cause sometimes you can't just take show notes and, and say that's a chapter. You might have to expand things out. And, yeah, it's basically and like being a publishing company, you know, in, in a, but it's multimedia cause it's, you know, these, these high uh, ROI, like you're saying, Kindle and, and, and Audible give you much more than the physical book. And they're already in the audio medium, so it's like it makes sense. And so there is a there is a service that does transcript, and then it can take out ums and ahs, and it actually edits. It's 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 a pretty sophisticated piece of of technology. But I would say that just because I have 
the one experience I have with exactly this idea is Think Like a Billionaire mm -hmm. with Scribd. And so we did, we made the transcript, but then the transcript itself requires heavy oh, editing because yes, yes. the way people talk are different than the way people write. So, so, but that's not that hard to do. No. It's just, it has to be done. So that's a service to provide. And again, the, the revenue opportunities are, you know, book and audio book revenues, you split advertising. And the fact that each podcaster kind of, it's more than one book. It's each podcaster has anywhere between 10 and a hundred books. Exactly. They can yeah. write. Right. So it's recurring it, revenue. Like that guy who's gotten 10,000 books on Amazon or whatever. If he, each one is making 800 bucks a month. I mean, that's a killing. You know, if you woke up tomorrow and your next book was written, but it was, it was written by you. It wasn't ghostwritten. It was your words, your ideas, your thoughts, your questions. Like, I mean, I'd pay a lot for that just to get that out. And, and maybe I make money from it. Maybe I don't. Oh, by the way, every season you can renew this. Like every year, every calendar year, there's a whole 50 new podcasts or whatever for each author. So it's like recurring revenue, like a book a year. Here's, you know, you don't have to sign exclusive. You could or not, but here's 52 chapters of a book. And every year you'll have a book coming out that will have recurring revenue as an annuity for the rest of your life. Based on your words, you're the first author, you're the title author. Right. So, okay. So, so number, number one is taking a podcast and making one to a million books at it. I, I don't quite like saying taking all of their podcasts yeah. and making no, a book right. because, because I think you could curate 100%. by content. Yeah. I'm not going to use all of my interviews. I'm going to have right. themes, like five different chapters, like uh, yeah. leadership, Nobel Prize, you know, far yeah. out ideas, you know, uh, thought yeah, politics. leaders. Yeah, politics, thought leaders, you know. Um, yeah. And so that's something where the podcaster is technically the author. We provide the service and we get the split the revenues 50-50. Or actually, maybe you could even get more percentage on our side because we're providing all the service and they're probably happy just to author a book yeah. and, and the the advance the percentage they'd get from a publisher is only like 15 to 20 percent so you right. can get you can offer them 30 or 40 percent. the other idea is doing it for free which by the way they're not going to be against like oh here's a whole book about my stuff like they're they'll be happy with that too and then you get 100 percent of the revenues mm -hmm. and they're happy because it's another way to spread their message. It's another way to mm -hmm. discover them, like through the Amazon search algorithm and so on. Mm -hmm. Well, the third idea is that newsletter. Uh, oh, yes, newsletter. No, no, yeah, yeah. So the third idea is that if they're going to use it, if they want to say, "Yeah, I'd love to make a book, but I don't really want to publish on Amazon. I want to use this as a giveaway to to get subscribers." Well, okay, we'll do that for you too, but that we have to charge. Right. So, so that's the third revenue model, and then a fourth is the advertising and you know, all yes. the ancillary revenues around. Yeah, around we just that make are, a turnkey. Here's um, mid-roll, here's a deal with mid-roll, here's a deal with, you know, whatever. And then mid-roll curates their advertisers, you know, so then American Express. And then and then we go to American Express. Look, we're getting all these ads placed for free, read by the authors and, and so forth. Oh, 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 here's here's another, here's another um, uh, business model. So take like Pat Flynn as an example. That's an yep. interesting example because that's one where you could curate his episodes, but you don't have to. Every one of his episodes is a new person describing a star from scratch to multi-million dollar business. So that one, you could just say every 15 businesses that are described as a book. So it's, you know, uh, you know, make a million dollar business book one, make a million dollar business book two and so on. But every, a lot of those businesses sell products and you could have let's say from the ebook, yes. links to all the different products and you could do affiliate deals with those businesses. 
So one of the things you got me thinking about is how to um, extend my message. Look, I'm not necessarily doing YouTube videos on my channel, Dr. Brian Keating or Into the Impossible podcast to make money. I mean, I get paid a decent amount by the University of California. I'm a public servant after all. And uh, But I want my message to get out there. It's similar, you know, and I'm not comparing myself any more than I normally do to Galileo. I mean, he really wanted to get his message out to the world. And the new technology of the printing press was the way that only way he couldn't make a billion telescopes to give around to every king of Europe or whatever, but he could make books. And those books disseminated his knowledge. And what you told me is like, I have all these show notes and all this information from these one-of-a-kind guests from Jim Simons, Peter Diamandes, Eric Weinstein, Stephen Wolfram, six Nobel Prize winners that they've never given interviews in some cases. Uh, And why not capture that in addition to audio uh, to a book? Because for an academic like me, and I, I assume for business people too, a book is legitimate. Look, you're you're... Your frenemy, Jerry Seinfeld, has a funny line. He's like, a business card is an invitation to someone else to throw away a piece of garbage, right? It really means, here, you throw this away for me, right? I don't know if that made it into his new book. But the point is, nobody throws it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm reading his new book, and it's excellent. I want to read it, too, yeah. Uh, But nobody throws away a book. I've given away books. You know, I've spoken for free, and I've spoken and given away books. And no one ever throws away the book. They they keep it. uh, And they always want it signed. Um, So I thought why not turn the podcast based on your recommendation into a series of books, one for each season, perhaps, of the Into the Impossible podcast. I've got 100 episodes almost by now with thought leaders, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, scientists, ordinary people, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and so I want to you know, thank you for that. But I, I couldn't really figure out how it could turn into a side hustle, You know, how I could actually, again, I'm not hustling necessarily to make a lot of money, but I would love to hustle the ideas. And that idea that you're really planting to make it turnkey. So will you give me the idea to make my own podcast into a book? And my my idea sex was like, well, everybody should should want to convert their hard-earned many hours of work goes into each podcast. There's a lot of people, if I want to scratch this itch, I'm sure there's a lot of other podcasters that want to scratch it too. So I thought of this idea that we could make basically this turnkey system for turning podcasts and the gold in information within them and show notes, perhaps, into uh, books, audiobooks, and and use that to to funnel not only perhaps leads for sales or whatever. Again, scientists don't make many sales. We lose every uh, we lose on uh, on every sale, uh, but we do want to be merchants of ideas and merchants of truth. And this is going to help a lot of scientific podcasters and hopefully a lot of other people out there too. Yeah, I uh, I love this idea. And again, I have. I'm probably one of the few people who's directly taken, you know, a set of podcast episodes, all my interviews with billionaires, and and turned it into a paperback, an audiobook, an ebook. And again, that's just on a you know, out of 700 episodes I've done, that's only a handful of my episodes. I have I could I could curate so I could put out 100 books. And let's just think of a a, a former peer of yours, Isaac Asimov, who was a I forgot what school he was a, a, technically a professor of his whole life. He, he was a professor of biology somewhere. Like, yeah. and, and he didn't care at all about it. But the guy wrote 560 books, <laughs> or he was a co-author. He was an author or co-author on 560 books because he would repurpose content. Yeah, he, He'd write all these articles about, you know, the, the Big Bang and then combine them into a book, and that was a book. Like, right now, like, think about it. You and I are doing 
a, a book about the, the beginning of the universe because we're going to take these podcast episodes and doing that could be a, a test case. I'm working on an audio book right now with Charlemagne. I have a book coming out with Harper Collins. Yeah. Like the new world is all about repurposing content for many formats, and but there's no real businesses that cater to that, that acknowledge that idea that that this is a big part of this new world we live this new media world we live in and people so, yeah. like to have multiple formats you know as you you pointed out to me you know i was thinking oh well how interesting would it really be to read uh you know just the show notes from my episode you were like no take the audio excerpts of you know jim simon's talking about the one person in human history he'd most like to have dinner with uh and and put that as an audio excerpt of him speaking in the audio book people love that people would love to have the links uh, yeah. to, to go and get information. Well, here's this thing that no one's, see the problem with a lot of the ideas we're talking about, the Big Bang and alternatives, is that there are no books about these, these other things, but there are podcasts, there are uh, scientific papers, there's popularization. So in the Kindle version, uh, we could have links, hyperlinks to their websites. Because a lot of, most academics don't publish books. You know, I published Losing the Nobel Prize with Norton and, um, and that was a great amount of fun, but a tremendous amount of work. And the thing that academics would worry about, I don't know that most academics would feel comfortable with a ghostwriter writing their books. So our mutual friend, Eric Weinstein, he writes tremendous audio essays, he calls them, before every episode of The Portal. I've said to him, let me turn those into a book. And, and he's enthusiastic about it. We haven't done it yet. But if we just deliver him a book, and then he can make the audio, read the essays himself, whatever, you make it as turnkey as possible, a, it's not ghostwriting. It's 100% belongs to right. Eric. And that satisfies the intellectual need for integrity of an academic. And I think a lot of people are like that too. Right. To that point, it's a real book by yeah. the author, by the, by the podcaster. Like, think like a billionaire. I consider that just as much a book as all my other books, you know, because I, uh, you know, was involved in editing the transcript. But even if I wasn't, I created the content that, resulted in the transcript along with my guests, but but many books in life are based on interviews with other people just organized in a certain way. And uh, Jay, because you were with me every step of the way in there, even doing the audio book, if you were to add up all the amount of time it took me, me personally, to make the audio book. So we had someone help edit the transcripts. We obviously didn't do the transcript. We didn't put together the final version that made it into a book. We didn't design the covers, you know, we didn't load it up to the publishing platforms. All the main thing I did once we, you know, after not counting the podcast, once we decided to make it into a book, how much, how much time was required for me to turn those podcasts into the book Think Like a Billionaire? Uh, you mean including recording, right? Yeah, I did an intro and outro of each chapter. I believe it's like eight to sixteen hours. I believe. That's because like a lot of time, you know, a sit down, you look at the intro and then you rephrase the intro a little bit. So like, it's not like blatantly just read out of the scripts. And then we also have lots of chapters. I, I would say closer to the eight hours, but it might've felt yep. like 16 because we rescheduled a lot. Yeah, I think 16 in a sense that I actually have to put I didn't have to put the whole uh, audiobook together. On my side, it just had to attach the intro to the, to the podcast and right. the outro. Yeah, so those, those are, let's say, eight hours of reading and eight hours of production time. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm not involved in the production. I'm just involved right. in the reading of it. Reading, yep. And that's only if I wanted to do an intro. Don't forget, since then, we changed the format of the podcast right. where now I do read an intro before each 
podcast, many podcasters don't have to have uh, intros. So they require them basically no hours of work. Right. Yeah. And then you have links. And then this is also a way for people to, if they don't want to charge you know, for money, if they don't want to do it as a, as a Kindle product for some whatever reason, they can use it to grow their, as a, as a valuable commodity to give to their audience and, and way to collect, uh, you know, kind of like-minded people to join together to extract all the, all the resources out of each episode. So I, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's really scratching my own itch, but, but thanks to this uh, kind of thought you put in my mind that this is something I should do for my own podcast, might as well do it for the, what, how many podcasts are there, James? <laughs> what, 1.5 million. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and again, um, you know, like, like I spend about three or four hours a day reading books, but I very rarely listen to podcasts actually. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like great podcasts are not exposed to the what now you know some people are the opposite of me so in the past month 68 million people in the US have listened to a podcast mm. so so some people do listen to podcasts some people read so the, for, for a lot of great podcasters like let's say Eric Weinstein I'd love to read a book by Eric Weinstein yeah. but I have not really listened to that many of his episodes of his podcast because I just don't do that it's not the way I consume information right but okay, okay, so to summarize the, the business model, you could approach podcasters and offer to curate, you know, whatever, uh, the, and make multiple books, and they have to pay nothing, and you do 50-50 uh, revenue split on all the formats that the book is released on. Second revenue model, again, this is just to summarize, is we could do this without their help and just make the book on our own. It'll be a different format. It'd just be about, it would be by our publishing company, and it'll be titled something like, you know, the 50 most fantastic things I learned from Joe Rogan. Yeah. From Joe Rogan's comedian interviews or, right. or, you know, it could be Joe Rogan on comedy, uh, you know, or what I've learned from Joe Rogan on comedy, what I've learned from Joe Rogan on MMA and uh, you know, what I've learned from Ben Shapiro about economics or whatever. So that's the second business model. The third is they need a book, but they would use it for their own purposes. And then they would just outright pay. And then there's long-term things, which is that you're going to have a backlist. So some books will do better than others. You know, for every publishing company, they really make their profits on their backlist. So whoever still owns, you know, I don't know, War and Peace. I mean, it's no one yeah. owns it now, but right. whoever really publishes it, they're making that publishing company is probably making most of their money on War and Peace. Right, Catcher or, in the Rye. That's the yeah. classic one. Right? So, 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 so you make money from from that as well. Well, these long term things, and then we discussed advertising and affiliate fees and stuff like that. It's a little more mm -hmm. um, speculative, but you know that that could at least be part of the the plan. Yeah, that's great. And and and, really and, and by the way, for everyone listening to this side hustle Friday, this kind of started off as something a different podcast, but we went into this. Feel free to start your own company doing this. It's a million and a half podcast. So no matter how big, if if. Brian and I were to do this, no matter how big we got, we would cover only a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the million and a half podcasts. And let's say half of them are quality enough podcasts to produce good enough books to be in a bookstore. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's room for a uh, huge competition here and, and, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. So, all right. And that was this week's episode of Side Hustle Fridays. Thanks Brian for just riffing that out. <laughs> Thanks, James.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.